Our scripture reading today is from John 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has, become, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overtake it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we are grateful that you have met us here, that... Of course, we're not alone on this journey, that your promise is to be with us by the power of your spirit, by the example of your life, Jesus, and by God's ongoing faithfulness. So, Lord, illuminate what you have for us this day, for we pray this in your name. Amen. As we journey together as a congregation through Lent, our preaching theme is just Jesus. Kind of a a declarative statement, just Jesus. Since Jesus is the focus of this season anyway, we intend to illuminate a larger image of who Jesus is and who Jesus desires to be in us and through us. I encourage you over the next few weeks maybe to wander down the hall towards the Great Hall. In the Great Hall, or excuse me, just outside the Great Hall on those walls are images and scriptures and some questions that will help capture your imagination, broaden your understanding of who Jesus is, who Jesus can be, and who Jesus chooses to be in our lives. As Kim just read, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God in Jesus has dwelt among us. This is the reality of the incarnation, that God became flesh and dwelt among us. God, the creator, has come to us, has come to creation and become like us, that we might better comprehend who God is and how God desires us to live. I remember a story about a child who was scared of the dark. Could have been me. Long after going to bed, the three-year-old was whining and crying, according to the story. 
deciding that he would not give up and go to sleep, his father went in to ask what was wrong. I'm scared of the dark, he sobbed. But you know, there's nothing here that can hurt you. Here in your room, his dad said. And besides, God is right here with you to protect you. The little boy said, but God doesn't have any skin on. Jesus was God with skin on. Through our connection with Jesus, the word empowers us to experience the presence of God and then become God with skin on for others. In our passage today, we meet John the Baptist again, famous for many reasons. Even before Jesus and John were born, they had a special bond. As an unborn child, John reacted joyously to Jesus' presence. The scripture says that John leapt in his mother's womb in the presence of Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus. John is Jesus' cousin. But his most important role was to point away from himself and toward Jesus. John the Baptist is a prominent figure in our faith because his relationship with Jesus was significant. Not only did John baptize Jesus, but he also advocated that Jesus was the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. Later in our passage from today, John points out that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And thus it gives insight right in the very beginning of John's gospel into how things will end and why as we end our Lenten journey, we still look to Jesus. Spoiler alert, Jesus will die a sacrificial death for the sins of the world. History tells us that Jesus' death occurs in the afternoon when, as traditionally done, the Passover lambs are killed in the temple, thus exemplifying what Jesus' life and death truly represents. God's word in Jesus is of extravagant love and a real hope to all creation. Church, Jesus is the Passover lamb for us all. Just as God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, God was now rescuing all people out of an even older and darker slavery. In the Exodus story, Israel's rescued from the powers of this world, which in that case meant the Egyptian Pharaoh. But now, God's lamb will take away the sin of the entire world. John 1, 12 and 13 says, but to all who receive him, referring to Jesus, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. This means everybody, not just those with a particular family tree or grand achievements, not just people who look or believe or necessarily act like us, Indeed, not just people who in some way deserve it. Everyone, everyone who would receive him. 
become children of God. Over and over in the Gospels, we see rulers, Pharisees, Sadducees, and self-appointed guardians of tradition missing the meaning of what Jesus was doing. While people, people from the margins, outside traditional boundaries, they get the point. They find themselves in the story. They find themselves forgiven and healed and born anew by God's transforming love. John the Baptist wants his audience to get this when he points towards Jesus as God's lamb, the new word from God that wipes away the sins of the world. People thought John, John was the Messiah, but he consistently said that he was not the one, but someone much more significant than he was on his way. His message was the word would become flesh and dwell among us. God would become flesh and become part of us. Later in the Gospel of John, John's disciples start getting jealous of Jesus because they didn't truly understand who he was. In the Gospel, they come to John saying, Rabbi, the one who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, he's baptizing people. Everyone's going to him. John's response, he, meaning Jesus, must increase. But I must decrease. Wow. What if this was our goal to learn this Lent? let alone for our whole life? What if we would humble ourselves and point others to Jesus through our actions, kindness, thoughts, prayers, words, our very lives? Could this be the place where we would find our true significance, where we would be the most alive? This reality is the fruit of receiving God's word and the very reason we were created and the thing that can truly satisfy us and enable us to live, to truly live as we've been invited to. Could this be the answer to the world's problems and our troubled hearts and minds? Could this word we experience in Jesus, free us to be fully human, to faithfully love God and offer grace and mercy, even love to our fellow human beings. Notice how John the Baptist is first described in John's gospel, verse 6 and 8 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. And for us today, has come. Last summer, in the middle of the night, I noticed the light of a full moon shining through our bathroom window. 
It was so bright and seemed so close. It reminded me that as a kid, I had a telescope. And through that telescope, with the right lens, I could see the mountains on the moon, the edges of the craters. I even saw an American flag. Okay, not the flag. <laughs> but fantastic views of the mountains and craters. I learned in using a telescope from my first experiences that looking at the moon with a telescope, you should use filters as well. Because if you don't have filters on your lens, I was told the brightness of the moon could hurt your eyes. Yet remember, the moon doesn't produce light. It only reflects it. Friends, this was the role of John the Baptist. Is this not the role of us, the church, today? To reflect the light. To offer the word to the world around us. In our gospel lesson, something extraordinary has happened. God came to us to deliver, rescue, ransom, and redeem humankind. The word has come to us to make God's desire presence in our life known. To show us mercy and grace and to offer us purpose in this life and the hope of eternal life. Church, John came to testify about this light, to announce the kingdom of heaven was near. That someone more significant than he was coming who would change everything, who would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I want that, don't you? John came to call people to change their hearts and minds, to prepare for the coming of the king, the light of the world, the word made flesh. It's what our Lenten journey can be all about. Friends, think of the darkness of our world. And think of the darkness our world has been living through over these last couple of years. Darkness was us watching as a million Americans died of COVID. And the social isolation that the virus brought, and we still haven't fully gotten over it, have we? The world became polarized over masks and social school closings and vaccines. Racial discrepancies and political divisions drove friendships and families apart, along with churches and even communities, and still is. The darkness is earthquakes and hurricanes, school shootings and missile attacks against Ukraine and others places around the world. The darkness is depression leading to suicide. People, we need the light to come against the darkness that we can experience at times in this world. We need the light of Jesus, the true light that shines on all people. Jesus, the word and the light has come. 2,000 years ago he came and those who have put their trust in him, well, they have the privilege to reflect this light, to bear witness to the hope of this world. 
to live as those who have heard the word, who know John's message, that will ask God to change their hearts and minds, allowing them to live differently in response. That could be our prayer, couldn't it? Later in John's gospel, that's when we can read that the leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask John who he is. But John shifted the questions about who he was to Jesus. John says, I, I am just the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. John said, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know. The one who is coming after me, I am not even worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. John the Baptist is the voice from the margins, from the wilderness, called to point out to the world who Jesus was. The birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is the dividing point of human history. Everything that has ever happened on the planet falls into the category of before the word and after the word. Even the historians, many of whom are not followers of Jesus, agree that Jesus' impact was greater than, than any other. H.G. Wells, who wrote volumes of history of the world and novels such as The War of the Worlds, being honest when he said he was not a Christian, but was compelled to speak as a historian, saying, I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. Kenneth Scott Latourette, former president of American Historic Society, said, Jesus is the most influential life that ever lived on this planet. The influence appears to be mounting. No other life lived on this planet has so widely and deeply affected humankind. Author James Hefley was quoted as saying, All the armies that have ever marched, and all the navies that have ever been built, and all the parliaments that have ever sat, and all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of this man on this earth as powerfully as this one solitary life of Jesus. Albert Einstein once said, I am a Jew, but I am enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. His personality pulsates in every word. No myth is filled with such life. An editor of the Los Angeles Times wrote once, describing Jesus, saying, Every generation produces geniuses worthy to be compared with those who have gone before. But it can be said of no one person, he stands alone. He has no rival, no equal, no superior. But this is true of Jesus. 1,900 years, instead of diminishing his greatness, have accentuated it. The world may try to set Jesus on the sidelines, to enjoy him as a safe and sentimental figure. But church, church, 
If we dare look, we will recognize that the prophecies were quite clear, that the one who has come was no mere religious figure. The birth and life of Jesus was an everything has changed moment. As I ask myself, I ask you, is that true for you? Is that truth for you? The impact of the word is unlike any other. As one commentary suggested this week, the word, Jesus, was not simply another source of human ideas or inspiration because his very nature was that which connected heaven and earth. In doing some research a few weeks ago, I found this, this quote from a study that was done in 2020. It was reporting that for the first time in American history, the number of Americans who claimed membership in a church dropped below 50%. Down from just a decade from before, which was at 76%. It made me wonder. It made me ponder. Many who aren't involved in the church still claim to have faith in God and profess to be spiritual, but not religious. Because they don't trust the church any longer. And so I wonder. I wonder if someone they knew, someone they respected and valued, I wonder if they were to invite them back, to invite them to come and see again. Maybe invite them to a service or a class or a service project. I wonder if they might not come and check it out again. And I wonder if they would come, maybe they would receive a fresh new perspective. Many people have come to our return to faith because someone they trusted invited them. We, as a church, desire to be a greater blessing to our neighbors, don't we? So let's be a blessing to our neighbors. Could the word be calling each of us to be that trusted friend for another? To help prepare the way of the Lord by inviting someone to join us here at Meeting House Church. Maybe this Lenten season. We could offer an invitation to a, a Monday, Thursday, a Good Friday, a sunrise, a traditional or alternative service. There's lots of options, lots of choices, lots of possibilities. Friends, there might be someone in your sphere of influence. Or maybe even a bunch of people you might invite to join you this Easter, this year. How many lives might be transformed if you and I invited those we know to join us, to be the church, to experience the good news? What if they said yes to that invitation? How might we as a church be different as we would prepare Prepare to, prepare to welcome them by recommitting to living out our values for them. Church, we are meant to testify to the light 
the light that has come as the word that became flesh and lived among us. We testify with our actions by our words and maybe even by an invitation. So may God bless you and this church as we journey together this Lent. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we're grateful that you continue to come to us, that you are the word for us, the word that has changed everything, and that you came as a light to illuminate the path for us. May we step out in faith and all that that means. May we experience that transformation anew in our hearts and minds and very souls. And in that transformation, may we welcome others, invite others to have that same experience. Grateful we are, God, that you loved creation so much, that you loved us so much, that you came to us. We give you thanks. We praise your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.